Now we made a special trip out here in the big city, the big town, the country of a town called Ennis, Louisiana. We had this place that have so much history, so much that happened here in this little town, and this place have been a place for refuge for a lot of local artists, a lot of local musicians who traveled this way. But we got someone here gonna give us some history about how this place come about, a family uh, who got it started and how it ended up where it is today. We have Miss Janine Lamont. Welcome to Count Time. Well, good morning. I'm good. glad to be here. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I am Brother L.D. Azobra. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. So we're going to get started because we want to hear about this great place in Ennis, Louisiana, off the, the Morganza Spillway. Out here where a lot of good deer hunting take place, a lot of good, a lot of good hunting, period. So we got this place we call the Rock House. How long the Rock House been here? Well, my grandfather built it in 1944. Your grandfather? Mm -hmm. What was his name? Vincent Perpera. What that last name was again? Perpera. P-U-R-P-E-R-A. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, how did, what was the story behind the Rock House? Why, what made the, your grandfather, what kind of work was he into? Well, my grandfather, um, came over from Sicily in the early 1900s, um, married my grandmother, and they ran a small store at Bachelor. Well, um, in the early 40s, he built the old store, which is next to the store that's here now. My dad, and he had three other sons, so there were four, four boys and five girls in his family. Well, two of them were in the service, in the military, and um, my grandfather was thinking, well, I'm going to go ahead and build a store in Ennis and build a barroom, the Rock House. So he built it, knowing that when my uncle came out of the service, Anthony, also called Tony, would run the Rock House. And my dad and his older brother, Joe, would run the store. And then the younger um, brother, Vince, would help Tony in the Rock House. Now, Vince ended up going to be um, Colonel of the Wildlife and, of, and Fisheries, and his office was in New Orleans, but he would come on weekends, you know, and help my Uncle Tony run this rock house. So, so 1944? Yes. So this, was it still as big as it is now that y'all added yeah. on to The it? original part, I think, was this, and then they added the sides, like, not long after. And this side, over here to my yeah. left, was um, used at, they had big card games there. They would last sometimes from a Friday to a Sunday, nonstop. Oh. Big time card games. And then my uncle had a guy named Tucker and his wife ran this part. Tucker ran the, this, uh, the bar and his wife cooked hamburgers. Oh, and they right called there. her Mama Tucker. Mama Tucker. All Mama right. Tucker. And that's actually their picture on the wall over there. Okay, then. So, so Mama Tucker did did the cooking. Mama Tucker did and, the cooking. And Brother Tucker and, ran, ran, uh, the, ran, ran the bar. Yes. All right. <laughs> so they was kind of the one who was bringing the musicians in at the time? Yes, well, they would get, well, my uncle, I guess, would get, um, at one point, like I said, uh, Buddy Guy played here as a young man, and uh, Joe Simon Joe played because he was from Simsport, which is only... Uh, what, 10 minutes away? And Buddy Guy's from? Buddy Guy's from Letsworth, which about, is only about nine miles. About nine miles mm -hmm. from Ennis, okay? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So so these people got their start at this little place called the Rock House mm -hmm. in Ennis, Louisiana. I mean, so this place has so much history. It still has a great feel about it. You know, just being in here, you're like, you know, the uniqueness of it, the hardwood floors, the the barrel tables. They got tables made from barrels. So, you know, that kind of got that old nostalgicness about it, mm -hmm. right? So it's a really good. Now, let's, let's learn a little bit more about you. How did you end up acquiring this place? How, how did you? Well, um, my uncle, when my uncle retired and then my grandfather died. Now, now which one of your uncles? Tony, okay, the one that ran the rock house. Um, and then my grandfather passed. My dad bought it from the estate. And he had um, Eddie Hartford rented it from him. And he got a lot of bands here as well that would come and play. Um, then Eddie's health was failing, and we were, my husband and I were running the store that my grandfather had oh, yeah. built. They ended up building the newer store, which is a brick building on the corner, right. in uh, 63. And uh, my husband and I ran that for 20-something uh, years, I guess, 30 years. Oh, and uh, we sold it, uh, I guess, three and a half years ago. Oh, so you just, you just sold Right. Okay. So when Eddie's health was failing... Um, and was he was getting out, and you know the building was kind of going down. I said I need to do something. I, I, this is my roots, you know. As a little girl, I used to come over here, and my uncle would, like I said, he'd be waiting on the people that were playing cards, and I'd come and I'd love to watch the ladies dance, you know, like Alzetta Walker, Easter Holmes, and I, <laughs> okay. they would they could dance, and I would love to. I'd peep through that door over there, and I'd watch them. Yeah, it was so, it was so, great. So they, so they taught you how to dance too. They did. They did. So just, you you're a pretty good dancer. You're oh well, that. I don't know about that. I can get by. <laughs> I love to dance. So. Well, that, but that's good though. So, that, but, so this this place also drew you too. You it did. You it enjoyed did. you enjoyed what was going on yes. here and, what, and being a part of it. Right. I mean, there were so many memories. I said, I I can't. This is my roots. I need to do something. Well, I didn't want to run a bar room at this stage of the game. Okay. So I thought maybe an event venue you know, right. would be something that for people to have their parties, you know, around here. So that's what I did. I, I started uh, restoring it as soon as, you know, we sold the store. And uh, so you, you started, it was an you, adventure. You didn't restore it back to its original glory? Pretty much. Pretty I mean, much. Good, it's, really, it's a beautiful place. Thank now, you. in a town like a small town like Ennis, but you got a lot of little towns in between this area, because this is, what's the population of this community? I couldn't even tell you now. Is, is it a thousand? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it, we got, probably so. <laughs> but nah, but you, you got Marganza, you're not far from Marksville, mm -hmm. some major towns. So you still do pretty good with renting it and acquiring it? I do. Um, when I finished, <laughs> it was crazy because I finished renovating it, that's when COVID hit. Oh, and right I said, time. oh, wow, <laughs> this is not a good investment here. Oh, okay, yeah. I was, you know, got kind of worried uh, at first, but then it really started picking up, you know, and it's, it's been doing well. Um, a, a quick little story on that. I, I was I was an only child, so I was, and I was very close to my dad. I was like, oh, my God, because my, my mom died when I was young. And I was like, oh, Daddy, you know, you got to help me. Am I doing the right thing? You know, you, you have to let me know. You have to give me a sign. Well, I started finding pennies. I found pennies everywhere, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And every time, you know, I would start second guessing myself and I'd be in here working. And uh, my husband, you know, he helped me and a good friend of mine, Rob Ryland, he, I couldn't have done it without him as well. He, um, I, I would be like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? And I would find a penny. 
I mean, it was crazy. Every time you ask that question, the pity. Every was time I'd find it, and in just random places. So every penny I kept, and every penny is in that bar under the epoxy <laughs> okay. that I found. You know, when I second guessed myself, so I felt like that was my sign. You know, that I was doing the right thing. Well, you really got a pity for your thoughts. A penny, <laughs> literally. <laughs> for real, for real. Now, 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 who was your dad out of the brothers? My dad was Leonard. Leonard Papera. Now, what was the other? It was all boys? No, there were four boys. There was Joe, Tony, Leonard, and Vince. That was the boys. And then there were five girls. Ooh, okay. Yes, there was uh, Margaret, Rosie, Madeline, Teresa, and Grace. Now, your mom, what was your, what was your mom name? My mother was Josie Sirio. She was from Morganza. She was from Morganza. So I'm Sicilian, You're yes. Sicilian. <laughs> all the way. But, it, I mean, I, I mean, you really... You saying you, you? She was telling me she's a, a older woman. I don't see that, right? I mean, she's a really very, very good looking woman. I've taken great care of yourself. Well, thank you. Now, how many children do you have? I have three sons three and sons. four grandchildren. All right. So, what's your husband's name? My husband's name is Rodney. Rodney. Rodney Lemoyne. All right. Then, so Rodney grew up in this area too. He grew up. Um, he's from Simsport, and then he moved to Ennis and stayed with his sister. Yes. Now, Simsport is how far from here? About 10 miles. About 10 miles. Mm -hmm. So it, when you say Simsport, because you only got one road that leads. Highway 1. Uh, that leads, what, in and out. Yes. So one way or another, that's the only way you're going to be able to travel around this area. But your grandfather, who had the insight back then to build this place that have become, become a place of creating legends, that legends played here, legends was part of this area. And this is it's a legendary community, because right down the street is Lesworth, where Buddy Guy is from correct, and they they have they even have a markup idea on behalf of Buddy mm -hmm. Guy in front of that building. What's the name of that building? That that, that was the old Munger Gin, and that's in that picture right there. Okay. That's where um, he took one of his last pictures. He, Mr. Buddy, used to come to the store when we had it every around Christmas time for years, and um, he would buy turkeys and hams, and he would hand them out. Or if somebody was in a store, he'd say, you know, what do y'all want to drink? Get pick, get a bottle of whiskey. What do y'all want? Just the most wonderful, humble man. Just a wonderful man. Yeah, because he left he left here, and he went to Chicago. Chicago, he, correct. And he, he, went, he has no, a... He was, he was, a, he was a, then he went to Europe, but he went to Chicago. That's where he basically lived for most of his mm -hmm. life. He but has a barroom there okay. in Chicago. I've been to it. And um, he actually, I think... Is, has a home in Baton Rouge now. Yeah, he's he's moved back with Buddy. Once he's about eighty five, eighty six mm -hmm. now, so he's a little up there now. I heard he just mm -hmm. lost his brother. He did, Mister uh, Sam. Sam. We Sam. were very close. We used to talk at least once a week. Oh, you kept up with everybody. Oh yeah, okay, he's a wonderful okay. man. Well, that's pretty good. So you 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 keep you one of a community activist type of people. I so guess. You, you kept keep everybody involved. I just love people. <laughs> well, I can tell. I can tell the way you treated me since since I've arrived. I didn't think it's gonna be a cold morning this morning. It is cold out here yes, in Morganza. Then y'all got this open area around all this water, so it's even it feels that much colder around here. Now tell me what your childhood was like. What it was like for you coming up in 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 this little area of Ennis, Louisiana. It was wonderful. I had a great childhood, great family. The you only know, child of Yes. I mean, you know, Italian people are very close. They close knit families. Yes, yeah, My right. mom had nine siblings. They were nine in her family as well. So we were all very close. You know, my dad, you know, ran the store. He worked all the time, and 
I went when I would get up and I'd go I'd go to school but had to come back and work work in a store you know that was every day on weekends um, again like I said sometimes I would run over here and watch them play cards a little bit peep in watch them dance <laughs> so but you had yeah by you having that many aunties and uncles I mean they had a lot of children around yeah so uh, my, my first cousins were like my brothers and sisters so on had, both sides so so uh, what what age were you when you lost your mother I was 20. Three. Oh, okay. You, and you was back home at that time? Or you yes. Was, you had left for a while? No, I never left Ennis. So, so you've been in I Ennis? love Ennis. <laughs> it's a great place to live. I love to travel. I travel. I've been, you know, in different countries, but I just, there's no place like home. I'm going to say like Mr. Buddy Guy said it when he came, when they put his marker where his house was. He said, I've been all over the world, but there's no place like home. Uh. That's that, that how true that is. We all yeah. we all end up back to that place where we all gotten started, and the, and that's why he go. I mean, we can maybe at the end we'll kind of talk a little bit more about that. But so that place, the gin, what you call it again? Munger's gin. Munger's gin. Now, what was that? It was a cotton gin that the Munger family had. Oh, the name of the family was the Munger Mungers. family. Mm -hmm. Okay, then. So that's actually was a cotton it gin. It was a cotton gin. Mm -hmm. Do you remember it back in the days? Oh no, I don't. And I mean, that was uh, that that building right there is an old store. You know, the gin was not far from the store. Oh, that's the store. But that, that's the actual. That's the old store. Okay, then. So that that's what the store that I know you got all the grass growing. The last time I passed, had a lot mm -hmm. of weeds and grass growing up around that. Yeah. So the family kind of like abandoned that. Then, yeah, be. I guess I don't know. It's just sitting there. Well, it's, it's about to fall out now. I don't think it's gonna hold up much longer. No. The last couple of times, last time I seen it, rather. So now, now who else? Let me say, Joe Simon. Uh, we know the great buddy guy who was just mm -hmm. right down the street played here. Who else you can remember that played in this? Goodness, area? there were a bunch of different bands. Um, I know, I know I what can't... his name. Uh, what his name? Uh, Ray Fania had to be played over here. You know Ray Fania? I'm sure. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I know um, Slim another, another lady interviewed me before, and I gave her Eddie Hartford's phone number, and she called him, and he gave her the name of the bands. And actually, if you want to look on that um, that picture over there, it's got an article, and it'll tell you some of the name of the bands oh, okay. that he yeah. remembered that he, he had gotten when he ran it. Okay. Oh, so, so Eddie, are they still around? Eddie Harford, yes, yeah. he is. He's still around. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to go talk to him. Too. I will give you his number. He'd be <laughs> glad mean, to tell you about I mean, that's it. That's pretty good that I did not know that uh, they were still here. So, as an event center, what type of events are you are you hosting? Here? Oh, we have birthday parties, wedding receptions, weddings, um, graduation parties. You know, oh, just you name busy, it. Showers, huh? and yeah. I'm actually almost through. I have a little chapel in the back. I'd like to show you. Um, I'm putting a fence around it, and I'm gonna do some landscaping, so that should be ready for this summer. Now, now, now the purpose of the chapel? Um, for people that want to get married, weddings, you know, just oh, they, they could just have it all right here. Oh, a one-stop shop. One-stop shop. <laughs> <laughs> now, what what made you decide to add add a chaplain to that? What 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 brought that to you? I don't know. It was just on my heart to do it. And I learned to act when I when I have those feelings. I, I learned to act and do it. Don't second guess. Okay, because you, you went through that already. So, yes. But you, as you kept moving forward, you realized mm -hmm. that. You and know, then back in the, you know, um, in the probably 50s, there was a, we had a baseball team called the Ennis Raiders, and they had a big baseball park back here. Oh, right behind So that. on okay. Sundays, they had big ball games as well, you know, 
and uh, people would come and I mean it was packed in here, packed. So you remember that then? Now hold on now. Now that I remember. Now, you I mean, so what the 50s? I was born in 60, but I rem it was probably went from the mid 50s to maybe the late 60s. Okay, they so, had that. So this was this was so this was a place where everybody gathered in. Mm -hmm. So, so that, so that your, your grandfather did a great job of bringing people together. He did. So this whole community is mainly Italians in this area? No, no, it's mixed. We have, uh, oh gosh, Italian, French, Hispanic, African-American. I mean, just, you know, so we're a melting pot. It's very diverse in this community. Very diverse. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I've only just passed through and had not really, have not stopped to visit or get to know the people. Because, you know, when you're traveling through here, it's just like, you want to hurry up and get where you got to go, because once you cross that that small go called Marganza Spillway, it's like it's, it's like you out here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's what most people think, you know. I've, I've had people say, "Oh my God, it takes you an hour to get to Baton Rouge." I'm like, "Yeah, but it takes you an hour to get across town." I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so it's it's not bad. You uh, just learn learn to live with it. So now, where do you spend most of your time at? And how far are you are from Alexander? About an hour and ten minutes. So you just a, close to Alexander. That's Baton Rouge and Lafayette. About an hour and ten fifteen minutes. It's so, not bad. So which direction you go most of the time? You had to go. Somewhere. Most of my doctors are Baton Rouge way, but as far as to shop or do things, I prefer LA because I don't have to fight the Alexandria. I won't have to fight the um, traffic like yeah, Baton Rouge. And Alex pretty a pretty metropolitan area yeah. now. I mean, they yeah, have a you know it's they have a lot of the stores that Baton Rouge has. You just don't have to fight the traffic. Yeah, that's true. Cause I mean, when I went up to Alex a few years ago, I was surprised to see how it have grown. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, have just really have have prospered it, prospered in that area. But I mean, but this, other than this, this venue, this kind of this have to be the hottest spot from Marksville to Bad Rouge. Well, like I said, it's, it's um, business is picking up. You know, it's the the word is getting out. I'm. Do you, do you want to host more like blues concerts or different things like that? I would love to. Um, my dream is for Mr. Buddy to come back and play here, which he is supposed to come back in March and oh, play here. Okay, then. So I'm excited. So that's, that's going to be, how did you make that happen? Well, like, again, you know, I was close to his brother and we used to talk every week, sometimes twice a week. And in the middle of, in the midst of all that, I've spoken with Mr. Buddy a few times as well. You know, just like I said, a fine man, wonderful man. You said it with so much, so much passion. Oh, know? he is. I mean, to, he's so, you know, to be world renowned and to be so humble, you right. know, to hear him talk. Like I said, when he came, when they did the dedication of the sign where his house was, when he said that, you know, he's been all over the world and there's no place like home and, he said, I used to catfish over that levee right there. And, uh, you know, he, he teared up. He had me in tears, you know, <laughs> well, I could because tell. he was so sincere, you know. Um, just never forgot where he came from, you know. You know, you come to love and love care for other people, right? I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I just, I've always been that way. My mom used to tell me I lived in a fantasy world, and I thought everybody was like me. I said, well, so be it. It's, it's a happy world, you know. <laughs> Because I just I love people and I love meeting people. Like I said, I love traveling and meeting people. So, so you, you say you have been to? Yes, I've been to Europe several times. 
have. been to your homeland? I, I have. I still have relatives there. My grandfather's um, sister came here for a while and went back. And uh, so that's where her family is. Oh, okay. So you so, still got family. So I got there. to meet them. Yeah, it was great. Now, what was that experience like leaving the small town of Ennis and going back to your family homeland? What, what was oh, that it was like beautiful. You? you know, the the feeling, I, I can't, I can't even put into words how much I admire my grandfather and him to come over here and not be able to speak the language, not, you know, they got treated really bad. You know, they got treated bad. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes, it was bad. They got, they, you know, people were not receptive to Italian people back then. And uh, to come here, like I said, no education, and to build businesses, have land, you know, had a store business, a bar, built a bar, bought land, had cattle, you know, just, the, I cannot imagine doing that. So when I went over there, and I, I mean, I tried to learn, you know, a little bit of the language. I bought uh, CDs and all, but just being over there and imagining how they felt when they got here. You know, hearing all these people talk, and I'm like, oh, God, I thought I knew a little bit, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, because the dialects and are you, so different. You, you did a little, a little something to prepare yourself. I least, did, I did. It, I still, mean, it still was not, felt out of place. Right, and like I said, for them to come here and to, um, to prosper, but they worked. They worked hard. They did. Mm-hmm. My family worked hard. Did you know your grandfather? I did. Oh, yes, well, both. I, did. I was blessed to know both of my grandfathers and grandmothers as well. On both sides. Mm-hmm. That, that is truly a blessing yes. there. Any, any great-grandparents? You know, any I did not. I don't remember them, no. Okay. So, so you, were your grandfather partial towards you, or you like to think he was? Huh? Oh, well, he had so many of us. <laughs> like I said, you have nine children. You have plenty of grandchildren. Plenty, plenty of grandchildren. And on both sides. So, yeah, I mean, we were very close-knit family. Just, you know, they instilled hard work in us. We had okay. a we had a uh, school here in Ennis back then, you know. That's right. Most um, most most uh, Syrians are Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So that's part of your upbringing. Yes. Now, was that a good experience to go to? Now they spoke. Some people spoke Creole up there back then, didn't they? Oh okay. yeah, they spoke Creole. French, which is a, it's which a is different. A yeah, it's a different French. But you know, I gotta say, um, a close friend of. In fact, it was Evelyn. Gaspard that you're going to interview for, about the pecans. Right, okay. She came with us to Europe, and when we got to, we stayed in France a day, and she was talking with people, and they understood her, and she could understand them. Because she spoke Creole. She spo- and yeah, you wouldn't think, but they could. They so, were communicating. So it, it, was a, it was a similar, it was close enough where they could communicate mm-hmm. there. And make a, and you was the only one who felt lost. Oh yeah, I was really lost. It's <laughs> supposed to be my family, yeah. my people. And I, I came well, yeah, and my dad. Well, my dad spoke more French than he did uh, Italian. Really, uh, I guess being in a store, you know, he learned it oh, to okay. talk to a lot of his customers. Now, but your dad had learned English. He had he had he had, he was already familiar with the, right, right. It was your grandfather. My, my grand, yeah, my dad was born here in the states, but my grand three of my grandparents were all born in Sicily. The, the grandparents, they came all around the same time? They did, in the early 1900s. And, and they how, came on a did, boat. So they just loaded up on the boat on and a came? On boat, yeah. Can you imagine that trip? And it's packed like sardines. So they, they said they're coming to a new land mm-hmm. for, a better, for a better place. 
and not knowing what to expect. No. You know, and I mean, they. I think my grandfather, my dad's dad, was uh, maybe eight or nine. My mom's dad was, I think, eight. My grandmother, my mom's mother, was six, and she remembers seeing the Statue of Liberty when they came through New York. So they were able to tell you those stories. She remembered, yeah, she did remember that as a little girl. She remembers seeing it. But but she was able to share those stories with you. Oh yeah, you. I was very close to all my grandparents, oh, all four good. of them. So, so now, what do at this point in your life now, where you have three children? They have three sons. They have three sons, and they did they don't know the grandparents. Um, my what? sons do remember my grandparents. That would have been their great grandparents. They do okay. remember them. Yes. Oh, that's, that's they got to know them. So they they passed. They they lived a long time there. They did. They were in their nineties oh, and eight, late eighties. So that means you're gonna be around a long time. You gotta take so. care of yourself. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it's, but it's a beautiful thing, though. So now, as far as you are concerned, this is your place, Ennis, Louisiana. Do you know where that name Ennis come from? Just, um, it came from a. There was a doctor Ennis. I, I think he was a. He may have been a dentist, if I'm not mis not mistaken, but that's who it was named after. I do rem I remember my dad saying that. Now, so by, when you grew up, it was it already had a name. Yes. Ennis was mm -hmm. the area. But so it had to be, if it's small now, it had to be a really small Well, I don't know. It was probably booming back then. Um, <laughs> there's a little town um, between here and Letchworth called Taurus, and they said it was a booming town. It's Taurus. nothing now. <laughs> it's between here and Letchworth on the levee. I never heard of Taurus. So the name is no longer there. They call we still call it Taurus, but it's nothing. I mean, it's no, it's nothing. Well, I mean, we not incorporated, you know. Oh, I mean, that sign that says Rock House outside, uh, okay, and it matches the interior of this place mm -hmm. too, right? Well, when I redid it, um, this is the original floors. That that bar is the original bar, but I did put the bead board and the. Um, Tin, you know, around it. So that is real tin. And I, uh huh. And I added the columns, uh, you know, as well. But most everything that I, I used to redo it, I found in my dad's barn. You know, a lot of the old cypress, the old tin, um, that old gable was up, stuck up in the barn. And uh, so you, you got know, some those, creativity about yeah, yourself there. There's some doors. I did a wall of doors. I found a bunch of doors in Dad's barn. I used that for the wall in there. So, <laughs> now, so now, now, I'm gonna let y'all know she's what you call a real country girl. Uh, we got these. She got these heavy barrels out in here that are used as tables. And I told her, I said, can I ask can I move the barrel on top of the stage? And I like thank you because we are we are actually on stage. At the Rock House. That's right. <laughs> so I feel honored to be on stage at the Rock House. But I asked her to, to could I uh, put the, the barrel or the table onto the stage? She she looked around. I turned around. She stooped down to pick up the barrel to bring it to the stage. Like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, hold on. Now. I don't want you to hurt yourself. She wasn't even a thought. So that tells me that you must have done a lot of work over I, yourself. Well, oh, I did. I didn't know I could float sheetrock, but I did a little bit of everything. <laughs> Sanding, cutting, staining, painting. Uh, I mean, a little the, bit of the everything. The men couldn't keep up with you. 
I was I was on it but early you, in the but morning. But you, you enjoy doing oh, I do. that. Though. I do. Well, like I said, my my family instilled work work ethics. <laughs> but, but that says a lot about you. So so a lot of this new design, or was it already had to like you got ten in certain places. Was that already in place, or you added that to this place? No. What, what did you add? I added the ten. I added the the uh, tin ceiling. Oh, the um, tin ceiling too. Okay. Yeah, I did the wainscot with the doors. Like I said, I found a bunch of doors, and then I had to purchase a few to fill it in. But I did the wainscot indoors. You know, when I pulled that old gable out, they said, "What you gonna do with that?" I said, "I got the perfect place for it, <laughs> right Yo, over the where the band's gonna be." Soon you saw that, you knew where you was gonna mm, put that at. Definitely. With this, you can pretty much do anything with it. You can dress it up or dress it down, I call it. Mm. You know, you can make it elegant or you can make it rustic. Either way, you know, it, it doesn't need a whole lot of decor. And My dad said whatever you do, and when I'd help him in the store, it was, you know, if you're bagging groceries, you do it to the best. If you're mopping the floor, you do it your best. At whatever you do, from the smallest task to the largest. Mm -hmm. If you're in the office, do the best, you know. And that's what you instill in your boys. But also I can tell you instill in you, you treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Correct. That was another thing my dad, my dad instilled in, and my mom as well. He said, never judge anybody because you don't know what they're going through. You know, don't know what they've been through. And you don't know what you'd do if you'd be in their shoes. Ooh. You know, that was, and if you were sitting at the dinner table and, you know, somebody would say, like, want to talk negative about somebody, daddy would say, uh-uh, no. He said, you don't know what you would do if you were in those shoes. Your so. daddy would literally step up and step in to make sure that mm -hmm. every, every, everybody deserved a, a chance, an opportunity. That's right. That's right. And that's how he treated everybody. Well, I can't see how you can run a store because you end up giving the store away. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was tough towards the end. I had to get kind of hard, and I don't like that. But you have to if you're going to run a business. You run a business, you know. yes. But, yeah, because, I mean, I feel sorry. And, you know, you want to fall for a lot of the stories. Some are legitimate, some aren't. Yeah, but, they, you know. They, they, say, they be saying, I know Janine is kind of gullible. Yeah, <laughs> she did, but, you know, and Daddy, too. They said, oh, he's going to fuss, but he's going to give it to you. But God blesses you when you do that. You know, he does. I, I want to believe that, though. It sounds good. He you does. Know? But I, I, I done done that so many times, like, hold on now, hold on now. Come on, Lord, now. You told me if I give, I will receive. But people feel like they're getting over on you, but you, got, you let them go. You let them go with that. Yeah, to a point. I mean, sometimes you got to put your foot down. Now, what made you decide to give up the store, the family store? Well, I, I, I was just done. Now, nowadays, it's just different. Um, and none of my kids wanted it. So I'm like, why am I here? I did it for my dad because I was an only child and that was his life. And, uh, he, you know, if, he'd, if we'd had to sell that store with him living, it, it would have killed him. Okay. So I'm like, no, uh, I'm going to do this for him. And then I did, you know, and I stayed in it. Seven more years after he died, because it's hard for you to. It was hard for you to make. Oh, a move when I signed those papers, it was bittersweet. I'm telling you, I had to get up in the middle of it and go to the bathroom and just cry because <laughs> it was hard. But I knew it's what I needed to do. Because you had to move on with your life. I did. You, you, I did. Your dad wants you to live your life. I did. You know, so I, you know, I talked to well, my, my aunts helped a lot, dad's sisters, because they were the only ones left. Everybody else had passed away. I'm like, how? I said, I feel like I'm. Barry and Daddy again. I feel like I am letting my family down. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, Janine, no, that's, that's, you did your best. 
your dad's gone. You need to do what you need to do. So I made a decision and we sold. And uh, I went I went back to school. I, I did. I was going to do the LPN course, and my best friend got sick with cancer. So I said, let me. She may need me, you know, to go to doctor's appointments or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, she ended up passing away. It was too late to get in the LPN course, so. I did the uh, medical assistant course at BRCC for a year. So I'm working at the nursing home in New Rose three days a week now. Oh, and I love it. That fits you well. I love it. Because you, you, you're probably the best thing to happen over oh, there. Oh, I love those people. Because you, you, you're a people's person. It's like you love giving up yourself. Because oh, yeah. you, you want to see everybody happy. I do. I do. Unfortunately, the world don't work I know. That I know. But thank That's God what my mom tried like to tell you. me when I was little. You know, <laughs> I told you, she said I lived in... In fantasy land, but that's. Now, do you remember your childhood? Or what What made you say? What made her, What made her say? What made your mom say you lived in a fantasy world? What What made her say that? Because I just I love everybody and I just trust everybody and I thought everybody was like that. And she said, yeah. "They not, Janine. <laughs> you have a rude awakening, you know." But uh, I mean, was it a rude rude awakening? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. But it's okay. It's better than having a hard heart and being angry at the world, you know. Huh. I'd rather just do what I'm supposed to do. Love everybody, love God first, and love everybody. Oh, you just, you seem so, I'll tell you, she just, she speaks with passion and so sincere, sincereness, and it touches me when I hear you. Well, thank you. Really. My grandmother, well, all of them prayed a lot, but my, my mom's mom prayed all day, every day, went to church every day. And uh, I'd probably say, you know, she is really, and then my mom went to church every day too, you know, but just she, her innocence and her love for God is what really, really touched me as a child, and I never forgot it. I love trying to bring people to, to, to God too, you know, um, so you are, making you are, a difference in their life. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> that, that just gives me so much happiness, you know, joy. So you you are a witness of Christ. I mean, you you lived because you lived the life that you preach. So I mean, that's pretty. I mean, that's the most powerful thing one can do is practice what they preach. I do things, you know, with our church. A lot of things like um, acts. It's a uh, it's like retreats. You know, I I like to work with them. I do a program. We started uh, eight years ago called To Bear His Cross. And it's out here on the levee. Um, we have the crosses on the levee, and it's Jesus's passion, basically, uh, as he walks from being condemned to taking his cross to falling to meeting his mother. And at each stop, someone gives a testimony in their life, you know, about that correlates with that particular uh, station, as I call it. Like Jesus meets his mother. It may be a mother that lost a son would give a quick testimony, like three minutes. So it's a really, it's a beautiful uh, event. Now what church is that? Well, it's not really, it's, it's interdenominational. <clears throat> we do it at the Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we always do it on Palm Sunday, the afternoon, so it's. Oh, it's coming up then. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Yeah, I've been working on that. I stay busy. <laughs> and there's gonna be a time of, what, you, what y'all call that time? I know it's Palm Sunday, but what else? We, do I mean, it's the beginning of Holy Week, you know, in the Catholic Church. But again, it's interdenominational. I call it. We do it at the Episcopal Church because it's the old old church on the Back Levee Road, 
And um, oh, they just, got another road back here. Yeah, <laughs> four eighteen. <laughs> I thought it was it. No, okay. but yeah, it's a beautiful old church. It's on the. Uh, so Jesus starts at the church, and then he makes his way to the top of the levee where the cross is. But how many participants y'all normally have out there? It varies. Um, sometimes, well, I have twelve that people that talk, twelve speakers, and then we have all the actors because we have like the apostles, and we have Jesus, oh, it's, it's we have a- Simon, you know, um, Mary. So we do have some actors, like I, I call my kids. They're not kids. They're in forties and thirties, mm-hmm. but, um, and then we have you. Know, the first year we did it, I think we sold 200 tickets, and then the last few years we've sold 500. 500 so. tickets. Mm-hmm. So it's like a reenactment. It's, yeah, so of Jesus' walk to his cross. Okay, of, of Calvary. Of Calvary. So y'all got a Calvary back on the levee. Yeah. Then. So do, do y'all walk on the levee or, across, or up the levee? Mm-hmm. It starts from, like I said, from the church, and then the, they walk all the way to... Uh, the top of the levee. Jesus that's, walks that's carrying so like, the it's cross. It's like you're going upwards there. And, yeah, oh, and then they you know, put him on the cross and raise him up. Y'all actually put somebody on the cross for real? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to give you a DVD so you can see it. <laughs> so y'all literally put somebody on the cross? Yeah, Jesus gets his on the cross. And then we have the two thieves as well on each side. Now, now this, so it's a full-fledged theatric. Theatrical? Yeah, theatrical. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> it was something God wanted me to do, so I... I'm like, I don't know anything about this, but I'll do it. So that's, that's <laughs> and like then the first we had a lot of help. You, but, but now it seems like you, those things been in you, but now you're acting up on them. They're, I guess they're coming out. I mean, you know, we get so wrapped up in, you know, when you're having your children, you have to do what you have to do. When you're running your business, you do what you have to do. You, you know, between being a, a daughter, a mother, or, you know, whatever. You're busy, but now... That I'm only working three days a week, you know, I have more time to do the things that I've always had in my heart that I wanted to do. And plus, you know, you have a you have a young, a youth, a very youthful spirit about yourself. It's almost like the Rock House and Janine don't go together. Well, I don't know. It's almost, like, it's almost like those two don't really go together. I don't know. People were asking me, are you going to change the name? I'm like, no. Everybody's heard of the Rock House. Like I said, my son traveling. You know, meeting somebody in Pennsylvania that said, oh, you live in Ennis? Well, yeah, I used to go to a place over there called the Rock House. <laughs> in, in, so, in, in Philadelphia. In, yeah. So it let you know that people all over the world probably have been to the Rock House. Rock House. Right? Yeah. That's what's, you know, it's funny. I said, there's no way I'd change the name. And do y'all, y'all get any kind of calls or things from like the people want to do? Like stories here from the days, from the old days? No, I've had um, Country Roads Magazine came out, and then I had another lady that, I can't remember her name, that came to do a, a podcast. Um, I had somebody contact me about doing a possi- possible scene from a movie here, but I never heard more, you know, anything back from them. So. Oh, well, you might be getting some calls now because the Rock House is... It's up and running and, and just as beautiful as ever. And, it's still rocking. It's still rocking. <laughs> <laughs> and Janine rocking with it. And rocking with it. <laughs> now, now, now your last name is spell Lamone for me. L-E-M-O-I-N-E. Now, are your, your sons, are they here, any of them here? They are. Um, my older two, there's, I have Jacob, Jordan, and Joel. Jacob oh, and Jordan. Hold on, hold on. Why all the J's? Well, your, son, your husband's name is... Rodney. Rodney. No, I'm Janine. <laughs> so you're going to keep everybody with you. Yeah, just, and I like biblical names. Oh, <laughs> Jacob, right, Jordan, yeah. and Joe. So, yeah, they're here. Um, and uh, my youngest son, he works uh, 
actually at Lakeview. He's a nurse where I work. I have four grandchildren. I have twins, Rose and Eli. Ooh. And then I have Leighton and Hayes, my oldest son's children. I know you're a wonderful grandmother. Oh, I love those babies. I know they, I know they love their grandmother. They can get everything, anything they want from you. <laughs> I can be tough, though, because I raise oh, you, boys. You, you can be tough. I can be tough on them, yeah. I, again, like I said, Mom and Dad, they, they, uh, being an only child, people would think I would be spoiled, you know, because Dad did, you know, fairly well, but you work for what you get. Which yeah. is, I thank them every day for it, uh, you know. You know you it was never, you know, you go to school, you go to work, then you get something. You now, know. now, when you came out of high school, now what high school you went to? I went to Fox River Academy. I graduated. Then I went to um, LSUA for a while in uh, Alexandria. Okay. And I didn't finish because, again, Dad, I was an only child, and my cousin was in partnership with my dad, so... I knew Dad couldn't run it the store by himself. I said, "Well, I'll just work in the store." <laughs> so that's what yeah. I did. You, came you, back home and did that. Because if you'd have finished college, you probably wouldn't have came back to Ennis. I don't know. What you think? Come on. Probably, yeah, I'd have stayed here. You still would have. Okay? I probably. I mean, again, like I said, I lo I've been a lot of places. But as far as living here, raising my kids, my boys like to hunt. You know, fish. We live right on the levee road. They can hunt, fish. It's just a good life for a kid to okay. me. Until they open that spillway up, then it kind of frust you know? they get frustrated when they open that spillway, though, right? Well. Because people be complaining then. Uh, that yeah. water, I mean, when that water comes up a lot, too, that that's kind of bad. But other than that, it's good. <laughs> it's all good. Now, when it, what, what is like when they open that spillway, when they, when they, when they have to uh, diverge their water from the Mississippi River and send it this way? To the, to, to the Morganza Spillway. It's scary <laughs> um, when they open it. Because you when the water, even when they don't open it, and the water's up against it, it's scary. Because I mean, I cross it two and three times, two to four times a day. Okay. You know, because um, you just wonder. You know, the spillway again was probably built in the forties, so you want. You, you know, can't, I can't hope it's it yeah. And especially when a train passes, it's it's kind of scary to me. You know. I mean that's, but you in the is the fishing better or is worse then when the when the spillway is open? Well, I wouldn't say the fishing is really good when the water's high like that, but when it goes back and it banks, you know, and it the river's flooded, I think it's good then. Okay, so you you don't do much fishing. I'm not a big fisherman. Now you no. do all other stuff, but you don't. No, you don't do no fish not then. a big fisherman. I mean, I've been, you know. And we have a you know party bars. We'll go on the river. I like you got that. A party bars. I like <laughs> to ride. <laughs> you go to some party though. <laughs> I like to you know ride and all. But I never. I fish some. I like deep sea fishing a little bit too. We've done that, but not something that I would do every week. But do the water come all back in this area too, where you all are? No, actually, we where we live, where I live, we're in a bowl right here because there's a Chafalaya River on that side, and then. O River, which the Mississippi River flows into on this side, so we actually in a bowl. So if the levee ever broke, which it did, I think in the twenties. Oh yeah, the twenties. I know, read about that. Uh, that was a bad. We would time. probably be in trouble. Because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> no, <laughs> we. In a, I mean, in, in my case, I live right on the levee road. I guess the best place to be to on go would be on top of the, the levee. levee. You yeah. travel in any direction, the water gonna beat you there. Right. 
but, but thank God uh, over this time, nothing has happened. No, no I mean, it's not something you think about all the time, but when the water's up for an extended <laughs> period of time, I'm not going to lie, we did have our party barge tied to the front of the house one time. Tied you to know? the front of the house? So yeah. Y'all, y'all plan on taking off. Well, in case, you know, the levee broke. <laughs> So, you you, know, so y'all had the board tied to the house? To the front of the house. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was like, you know, if the, if the levee breaks, at least but, we have some. And then I had, you know, I had some stuff upstairs in case we needed it. I mean, you never know. When was this? How long ago was this? Oh, that's been, oh, that's been a good while. Oh, probably 15, 18 years ago. So the whole area of Ennis community is in a little bowl? Pretty much, yeah. Like I said, a Chafalaya. On one side, and then O River, which the Mississippi runs into, on the other. You know, I guess I'm still curious, like how your your family ended up in this. I mean, it's it was, it was, it's nothing back here. You know, like what brought the people here? How they figure they gonna make a how they, how they knew to make a living here? I know. <clears throat> well, you know, even back then, Morganza was a pretty. It was a booming little town. Yeah, that's true. That's you know. True. So I guess they just kind of ventured out this way with the grocery store. Well, started actually started with a horse and buggy. Actually, my, the beginning, my grandfather carried groceries on his shoulders and sold them. And then he got a horse and cart. Then from the horse and cart, he got the store at Bachelor in the 20s. Where's Bachelor? That's three miles uh, south you pass through. Okay. And then from there, you know, in... Um, in the 40s, they built the old store, and then in 63, they built the new store. So, yeah, he, um, so I'm he, telling you, no so education, no, so he, he, couldn't he, speak he, the language. So you got a picture of him on a horse, horse and buggy? I do not. I wish I did. <laughs> oh, no, man. I have one in the old store, but I don't, I don't have it in here, though. But I have the story bachelor. So, but your family didn't never got into the cotton business? No, no, we didn't farm. We had no. cattle. Okay. My grandfather had cattle. My dad had cattle. You know, we have cattle. So you still have cattle? Mm -hmm. We do. A large head of cattle? Um, cows? We have, my husband and I probably have about 50 head. And my son and I have, uh, which was my dad's cows, probably about 110, you know, mama cows. Mama and, cows. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then calves. And then my, my two sons together had cattle, but they just, my oldest son got out. He sold out and put sugar cane on his land. So do y'all, do they sell, y'all sell the meat? Sell the calves. Sell the calves. Yeah, when they get about 650, 650 pounds, you know, yeah. then we sell them. 600 pounds is still a calf? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, yeah, we usually sell them uh, between August and the end of September, beginning of October. <clears throat> Now, can I get a better price on meat over here, or uh, y'all don't sell it like that? No, I know people thought you know we. I guess we probably would have made more money if we did butcher, you know, but we never butchered. Well, why not? Y'all, everybody have cattle around yeah. here. Yeah, so I know we we probably should have. I know and, in and Europe, smoke so the meat. Y'all could have been smoking yeah. in the smokehouse. We know? could have, but we didn't. But so now, now that's interesting. Now you had all these cattle, so that means other people around here got a lot of cattle too, huh? Some do. Now, that's but a pretty productive, pretty lucrative business. Um, it it has been. It's been good to us. Uh, you know, sometimes now things are so high, some of the mineral and all, is, you know, is getting high. Fertilizer for grass and it's gotten out the box, but um, it's been good to us. So it's a lot of work. You you have to like it. You know, my son loves it, especially right now when. They're calving with this weather. 
Well, we, once again, we got Miss Janine Lamont. How you say last name? Lemoyne. Lemoyne, the French way, Lemoyne, <laughs> uh, at the Rock House here in Ennis, Louisiana. And the Rock House been here how long? Since '44. And uh, what year did they, did they arrive in Louisiana? In the early 1900s, late 1880, 1890 to 1900s. And they've been here ever since in the, the great town of Ennis. And she has spent a lot of time and resources getting the Rock House ready, and it is ready for entertainment, uh, a venue for rental of uh, parties, receptions, what else? Wedding receptions. Whatever you. Whatever. Whatever you, you gathering do. you'd like reunions. <laughs> reunions, and it really is a very it's a beautiful place and uh, a lot of history here. And I just it just feel good sitting in here. I feel like I'm part of I'm part of a history sitting here. But I'd like to thank you, Miss Janine Lemoyne, for allowing me to come out and inviting me here to thank you on the on stage. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's definitely and, been a pleasure. Share this moment with you. Share your history, your story. And this is family history here, and you have restored it back to its glory to even to another level. But thank you, Miss Lemoyne, for having me here. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to be here at the Rock House in Ennis, Louisiana. Amen. <laughs> man can shackle the hand, man can shackle the feet, but only you can shackle the mind. The mind is free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time Podcast.